0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 489. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I have with me here Mr. Podcast Producer and (laughs) recently promoted... Is it managing editor?
1: Yeah, something? I think that's what you're calling me. I don't, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know what? I know what we can call you. My, my official title changed, regardless of if Jacob likes it or not, to director of all things awesome. <laughs> and we could make yours director of all things almost awesome.
1: Right, right, right. Or awesomer, I think. Oh,
0: nah. ooh, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> you, you at least uh, you know wear a, a an awesomer beard than i do
1: well at present <laughs> right now we'll see how long
0: it lasts but <laughs> well folks welcome to the podcast we're thrilled to be with you uh we are you know here approaching very soon in a, a little more than 10 episodes episode 500 get ready for that don't know what we're gonna do but we will do something special for episode 500 Uh, It's a huge milestone for us. And coincidentally, it also happens to come around the time that we have been doing the podcast for five years. Actually, just over five years now at this point. And we just recently had our five millionth download of the podcast. Five million episodes downloaded by podcast listeners. Uh, I wanted to give you all my own heartfelt Appreciation and shout out! Thank you, everyone, for all that you've done for us in being a part of this journey these past five years, five hundred almost episodes, and five million of them downloaded. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we wouldn't be doing it if you weren't listening,
1: <laughs> right? And, and there there are a lot of podcasts that deal with you know um, maybe some of the topics that we cover, right? Like the overlap and stuff. So the fact that you guys are listening to us is is great and we we, uh, we thank you guys man for sure
0: absolutely I mean I recognize that everybody's competing for everybody's time and mm-hmm. uh, there are some shows out there that are probably more entertaining to be honest uh, and that's that's totally fine um, there's some that may be technically more Mm, I don't know. How do I say that? I mean, there may just be some that are better in terms of the content. I mean, gosh, our, our buddy Mike Seaclander over at the American Warrior Society and the American uh, Warrior Show. Uh, fantastic podcast. And if you're not listening and following Mike and and and, uh, um, and Rich Brown over there doing the American Warrior Show, um, you should. Okay, It's a great podcast with amazing content. Uh, I would say better than our own. But I think what, where, where we have found our niche is we're not trying to be anybody. We're just a couple of dudes, you know, me, you, Jacob, as the as the primary, you know, hosts. Um, and we just try to tell things as it is. Uh, talk about self-defense uh, situations, talk about uh, the news, talk about, you know, stuff in the industry and legislative news as well, um, and share other good information, you know, straightforward as we can You a, what i like to think is an unassuming format um anyway it seems to be working and we're we're thrilled to still be here and to have you guys listening to us so we appreciate you today's episode is sponsored by the 2021 guardian conference presented by ccw safe uh we are so excited to see those signups come in for the guardian conference uh early bird pricing in effect and guys, uh, don't delay, don't don't put this off, okay? Because first of all, the time is going to fly by. We'll, it'll be here before we know it. Even though it's still March and the events in September, um, it's going to be here before we realize it. Unfortunately for me and our team here that is uh, organizing it, that's probably true as well. But um, there, there's a point where you know it's going to fill up and there may not be any seats left and we'd we, we hate to see you miss out. So guys, check out the Guardian Conference at guardianconference.com. Uh, you know, recently we announced that Jeff Gonzalez confirmed he'll be uh, instructing their guys that are, and gals listening to the podcast for a long time. You've heard Jeff on here a couple of times on the podcast. We'll probably have him on again here uh, shortly um, as we're trying to get uh, set up with all the uh, different instructors that are part of this event and having them on the podcast in the coming weeks and months. You know, already we've had uh, like Chuck Haggard was on recently. Um, uh, I feel like we had somebody else, but I'm forgetting um we'll be having uh, brian easter john again i'm sure soon uh, in fact i'm gonna be on his podcast the on duty off duty podcast uh tomorrow we're recording an episode uh for his show and we'll be talking about the guardian conference in that as well but brian's a fantastic good guy and a great shooter and instructor and he'll be one of our instructors as well of course we got larry vickers still lined up for that and spencer keepers and matt little oh matt little that's who i was thinking that's been on the podcast recently too so check out the Guardian Conference again, presented by CCW Safe. guardianconference.com and get signed up today. And if you you know the key there is is get signed up, start making preparations for it. You've got about six months, six months to secure ammo. That's part of our topic today in this podcast is talking about things we can be doing to maximize uh, our training during this ammo crisis. Um, but you got six months to to get that figured out. Uh, maybe buy it from ammo supply warehouse you know they've got some available it might be expensive but it's available um, there's other sources if you're patient online and if you if you keep you know searching and being patient about it or or in your local stores I you know I definitely see posts from friends just about every day saying hey it's just down at my local store you know here in Oklahoma and they had you know a couple thousand rounds I picked some up so anyway also today's sponsor another sponsor is CCW safe. Uh, I mentioned that they are the presenting title sponsor of the Guardian Conference, but they are also sponsors of this podcast and we uh, appreciate them for that relationship and for entrusting us with that sponsorship. Uh, you know, for for, doing our best to bring you the best information and education out there about concealed carry related issues and CCW safe, man, great, great company, great people. Um, You know, they're they're just awesome. I I can't say enough good about them. I was just talking with Gary Eastridge, who uh, runs a lot of the day-to-day operations there at CCW Safe. And he's just an amazing guy. Um, Guys, podcast listeners can save, I think it's 10% off of CCW Safe membership if you use the coupon code CCPODCAST if you sign up. So please, I would encourage you to do that. It's great to have a company like theirs backing you up in the event you have to use it, uh, use deadly force in defense. Um, I've been a CCW Safe uh, ultimate member now for almost two years. I just realized this the other day. Almost two years. My, my membership is coming up for renewal here in uh, July. So, um, got this awesome member coin. coin. Boom. CCW Safe. Proud, proud member of CCW Safe, ccwsafe.com. And then I thought I'd slip in one other little kind of sponsor message, and that is for Cool Fire Trainer, which is going to come up again here in a moment as we talk about things in this episode. Um, and just recognize that we are a dealer of Cool Fire Trainer. We have them available on our site, concealedcarry.com forward slash Cool Fire, C O O L F I R E. So, Matthew, sure. um, you, pr- you actually proposed the uh, content idea for this episode today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Tell I me mean, kind of like, what are your initial thoughts talking about training during the ammo crisis?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to, I know we get a lot of questions and, and emails about topics and stuff, but um, in, in in my classes, um, people will come in and they're, one of the major things is, man, I, I can't get out and shoot enough, right? Like I can't shoot, where can I find ammo? Well, what kind of drills can I do that will, you know, maximize my my uh, effectiveness or my efficiency with you know fewer rounds um i know you and i had a conversation a while back about like the responsibility as us as instructors to kind of um look at our curriculum and see if we can you know uh maybe save um by running either drills less or you know halving the drill or whatever how we're going to talk about stuff but um and it, 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 it's real, you know, whether or not you can get ammunition um, some places is easier, but it's still the the fact remains it's it's expen- it's more expensive. Right. Mm. And uh, and a lot of times, even if you can get it, there's limitations like you can only get, you know, 100 rounds or something. So unless you're going to store to store to store, you, you go to. You know, you're not going to be able to go to the range and shoot four, five hundred rounds um, very easily unless you've been you've been saving. So um, that's kind of where I was coming from. I, I wanted to give the listeners a, a, like some ideas and maybe some things that they haven't thought of, or um, some different ideas that maybe they've gotten stale through this you know year long um, thing with the ammo. That maybe we could freshen up some of the routine or something like
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a great topic, you know, and it's definitely very relevant considering the current circumstances of of the ammunition world, especially. I mean, as you were talking about that, I mean, all I could think is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling the, the pinch and not able to shoot as much as I would like to. Uh, you know, in recent years, I have gone through tens of thousands of rounds in a single year, some years. Uh, that's how much I was shooting, you know. I mean, even, uh, so 2019, I think I went through like, like 32,000 rounds or, or something. I, I can't remember now. Um, I have it written down uh, somewhere. It was it was a chunk of ammo, right? And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I've been able to learn some of the things that I've been able to learn as it relates to shooting, to get better, to really work on and develop skill, because you can absolutely learn a lot about shooting when you're actually shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing is, though, is it, it's also a skill that, you can learn um, things without having to actually live fire all the time. And, uh, and that's that's a, a kind of a big chunk of, of some of what we're going to talk about here right now, in fact, is that the first obvious training strategy during this ammunition crisis is to work on your dry fire, to actually do try, dry fire. If you haven't been doing dry fire practice up until now, or you've done it very inconsistently. Now is the perfect time to actually commit to, to a regular dry fire regimen to make it a part of your training, you know, life to actually take it full advantage of dry fire. If you haven't been doing so up till now, this is a perfect time, right? I mean, maybe you're one of those that you were shoot, you were going to the range once a week and shooting 250 rounds a week and you doing that consistently. It's a thousand rounds a month, twelve thousand rounds a year. That's great practice, you know, and, and 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 probably you're learning quite a bit doing that. But now you can't do 250 rounds a week for week after week, month after month. Um, and so maybe in the past you didn't feel like dry fire was that important to you and your growth and development, but now it is. It is now more important and more relevant than ever. Now I would say keep in mind, even when I was shooting tens of thousands of rounds a year. And I think even last year, even with things starting to get tight last year, I still shot about 18, 15 to 18,000 rounds last year. Um, That's not, as, that's more than what I'm going to be able to shoot this year. Uh, and I've just had to come to, you know, I've had to come to, to, to that fact, that realization. Um, I'm thinking this year is going to be around 10 to 12,000 which would be the lowest round count year I've had in a long time in probably five years, six years, maybe um, been a while. Um, and so, yeah, you realize even back when I was shooting a lot, I was still dry firing and that's how I've been able to, to grow as a shooter myself. I still have lots of room to grow. I'm still working very hard at it. but I have to work harder now in some ways because I can't, do as much of the live fire shooting as I'd like to. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that's harder for me, Matthew to stay sharp on is with my shot calling abilities. Cause it's something that it it really, you're able to practice in live fire. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to to practice shot calling in dry fire, but there are, there are ways and uh, there are some, some very cool ways of literally cool hint, hint, cool fire Mm -hmm. ways of, of being able to practice shot calling and dry fire as well.
1: Yeah. I was actually, well, well, I'll just interject one, one quick thing about like the ammunition. Like um, I'm thinking about listeners who are out there that maybe during this pandemic, they bought their first gun. So they didn't even have an opportunity to stock up on ammunition before, right? Like, so mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of, I, I've seen some instructors who are, I don't want to say they're like ammo shaming people, right? But they're like, Hey, you should have had, you know, your 6,000 rounds of training ammunition already patent. It's like, well, what about somebody who just bought a gun like mm-hmm. two months ago and they want to train, you know? So um, there's That's all different. That's absolutely true. You know? you're, so, you're spot
0: on. Yeah. I've seen those comments. I've seen yeah. people say stuff like that. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I think it's important just to say, all right, everybody's at a different point and we gotta we gotta figure out how to overcome some of this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck, somebody made a comment like that to me because I said, Oh yeah, I'm having to cut back myself 'cause 'cause I don't I don't have all the ammunition that I need to continue at the rate that I was at. Mm-hmm. Well, why why didn't you? You could have stocked up. Um Yeah, because nobody sees that kind of crap coming. And and as much as I'd like to say that I have a hundred thousand rounds on hand, that's not practical for me where I'm at in my current life. I don't even have room for a hundred thousand, you know, in, in my, in my current home. So, uh, and, and nor if I, nor do I really have that in my budget. So, you know, everybody's in a different place. Everybody has, uh, their different budgets, uh, uh, you know, other resource, r- uh, requirements or limitations. Um, it is what it is. I mean, do I wish I could have stocked up a little bit more here and there? Yeah, sure. but, it is what it is. I mean, at least I, I had some, you know, I thousand, you know, I still have thousands of rounds. Just I don't have some of it. I'm trying to keep in reserve. Think, you know, and, and I'm trying to be creative about where I find my my current ammo that I'm using while I'm keeping a reserve, you know, so that I'm so I don't totally deplete things and find myself really, you know, up a creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate you bringing up those points. Um, we could go into the weeds on dry fire, but but I don't think that's this is really the episode or place to do that because there's other episodes where we've been more detailed on dry fire sure. stuff. But but we did list out here, you know, there's some things you can look into, things like uh, uh, the LASR or Laser Activated Shot Reporter uh, dry fire system uh, from LasrApp.com. Okay. We sell it also on our on our online store, as well. Um, Mantis X, right? With their fantastic uh, dry fire uh, and light. Well, that's the cool thing is their products can work dry fire or live fire as well. But they have some new things. Like, the why don't you talk about the the new? Was it the uh, Laser Academy or whatever?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I think maybe last episode, a couple episodes ago, we did. Uh, I talked about a, a product that Mantis just released and it's their academy. So it has, it's separate and apart from their Mantis X device, that little gyroscope thing that um, tracks all your your muzzle movement and, and recoil and all this stuff. Um, but basically, it's a laser shot reporting application uh, that you can set up different targets and, and you can run through dry fire and, you know, it, it use any, any laser. Uh, it, it, the, the, the device or the, the kit, I guess not the devices, the kit comes with a, um, laser cartridge. Um, but you could use a laser cartridge. You can use um, a cert uh, cert pistol. You could use any laser cartridge because we we sell laser cartridges. Manta sells laser laser cartridges. Basically, it's just a late uh, you know a cartridge shaped uh, um, device that slides in your in your gun into the chamber. Slide goes forward and it's activated by that firing pin or striker just uh, hitting the the backside of that laser and it emits just a little laser pulse and the the shot recording app picks it up and so you can run different drills, but um, it, it it absolutely gives you a little bit more feedback, right? Obviously not as much as live fire, but it gives you more feedback than just uh, traditional dry fire. So that's, yeah. And, and I'm going through it. I'm still learning about, you know, little things that can do and stuff. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's, you know, it's kind of a, a competing product to LASR, which is one that, I've been familiar with and have used for years and years. Um, I intend to play a little bit with that Laser Academy uh, system at some point myself. Um, The laser system is, is really fantastic because it can be set up and configured so many different ways. Um, there's other competing products out there that I see a lot of people talk about some of these apps that are on their phones and things, Mm. which by the way, you can use laser X now on your phone Mm. or iPad or tablet or computer or whatever. But uh, there's, there's these apps and things that people will get and they're like, yeah, look, I set it up and I I can put a target in front of it. And they're very, very simplistic apps that can't do anywhere near what like LASR can do. Um, anyway, so just, just some, some things to consider there. People might look at the, the cost of some of these things, including LASR, and be like, well, that's that's more than I'm willing to pay. Uh, what were you willing to pay for ammo, okay? Uh, what is ammo costing you now, and what benefit can you get out of some of these dry fire tools? You know, $100 or something for a setup, uh, even the you know $200 price tag for a CERT pistol so that you can better train multiple shot drills in dry fire with laser you know some kind of laser reading software um um giving you feedback on that um it's i think it's worth i think the investment's worth it potentially okay but you you need to make that decision for yourself um the uh um but then the, the most you know but the thing is is there's some great tools for all of that in terms of dry fire some technology related tools but you don't even need those if you if if budgets an issue. I mean, there's some benefit to be gained from them, especially if you want to measure actual performance data. Like, the, one of the only, one of the only ways I think you can do that is with something like LASR uh, Laser X uh, or or Mantis uh, Laser Academy or whatever. But you can do dry fire for free, and that's the beautiful thing about dry fire. It's free. Like grab your gun, grab your holster, make sure the gun is safe, unloaded, you know, double check it, triple check it, remove ammo from the room where you're doing your dry fire, you know, from your dry fire dojo. So to speak, (laughs) people sometimes call them, um, make sure you're in a safe direction. You're following all the proper safety rules and protocols and then get to work. Right. How, when's the last time you practiced just a simple draw? How many of you, can can get a, a reasonably accurate hit on target at, say, seven yards. Let's say an A-zone USPSA, you know, reasonable-sized hit zone at seven yards. How many of you can do that in under one and a half seconds? That's a very, very doable standard, performance standard. One shot under one and a half seconds absolutely doable all day long. If you just do a little dry fire practice and before long, you're going to be down at 1.2, 1.1 and touching and knocking on that door of a one second draw Mm -hmm. just by doing dry fire every day consistently. Um, Matthew, you you know, some other things down too that we could be doing in dry fire.
1: Yeah. I just mentioned, you know, in, in addition to using the devices, even if you don't have the money, you know, to spend, um, but you could work on things that typically, you know, you may not be able to work on, be, even if you're going to the range and shooting. So some ranges I know um, you can't work on movement. So um, maybe work a little bit more since you're not at the range training. You can focus a little bit on those things that you couldn't do at the range. So you you work on, you know, not just your draw, but work on drawing and moving and and maybe, you know, um, moving with the firearm because it, it, it is it sounds so simple, like um, practice presenting the gun and moving and searching and, and actually moving around with the gun. But when you get out and, and, and people that have never, ever used their gun off outside of a static, you know, shooting line it is when you ask them, Hey, I want you to move laterally or forward and backward or, or or anything. They, it's very awkward for them at first because they're like, Oh, what do I do with the gun? I I hold the gun straight out. So uh, all these things, right? Like movement, um, maybe unconventional positions you work on, you know, work on being in your car and and drawing, figure out, Hey, there's the way I'm carrying my firearm with the current, firearm holster and gear setup. Does that does that actually work and sit in my car and do that? Do you spend time in your vehicle? Um all those types of things, right? Like you can you can definitely practice that and you don't need recoil to do any of that stuff. Um so I think I I think there's an opportunity to to do kind of some of some of that stuff.
0: I there's so many opportunities. Yes. Another thing that people might talk about doing uh, or considering for practice where ammo is as uh, tight as it is would be stuff like airsoft, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, I've got a couple of airsoft pistols, and uh, I think that there is some value to be had there. Um, It's not a perfect analog to live fire, right? But I'll tell you the one benefit that you get from a gun that actually cycles is it does require that you then have to track your sights and things throughout the whole, you know, firing sequence. Um, whereas in dry fire, there's still benefit. You know, for instance, let me give you let me give you a quick uh, quick example. Um, one thing I might do, say in dry fire, is a like an El Presidente drill or something akin to an El Presidente. So this is a simple setup. I'll put up. You know, I've got some of these. Uh, uh, you know, one-third scale targets that you can print right off our website, concealedcarry.com forward slash print targets. I got bunches of these just pasted up all over the place in my basement. And and then what I'll do is I'll just have three of those set up. I'll stand at seven feet or ten feet or, uh, 10, feet is a, or ten yards is a proper El Presidente. Um, and with a one-third scale target at ten feet, that's the same equivalent target size as what you would get at 10 yards. And I'll just do two on each target. Okay. If you want to do the full on prez, pres, you know, two on each target reload, you know, and two more again, including a turn and draw, like, you know, knock yourself out. But let me just give a simple example in something as simple as shooting three targets, two times each. Now, granted I have the added benefit of using a red dot, but I'm watching my dot on the location of the target each time as i'm working the trigger which mind you my trigger is dead quote unquote dead because i'm not cycling the gun in between each time i'm just getting a trigger press okay but i'm i'm shooting it aggressively like i would in real life so i'm slamming through that trigger pretty aggressively it's i'm hitting its rearward most travel you know point getting a little bit of shake in the gun even sometimes right but i am working through that drill of of Two on each of these three targets, and I am trying to track that dot and call as if I am shooting live fire each each location where my dot is on those targets. All right. And I'm holding myself accountable for my my sight location, my optic, my my red dot location on each target each time I, my finger slams through the trigger. Because, again, I'm doing this aggressively. See, here's the thing. A lot of times, a lot of us spend dry... They, we think dry fire is about learning my trigger. And that is important, but that shouldn't be the only thing you do in dry fire. Mm-hmm. There's so much more we can do in dry fire. Most of my dry fire now is not about learning how to work that trigger smoothly or whatever. Okay? Not disrupting sites and things as I'm pressing through that trigger. No, most of my dry fire is running the gun aggressively, slamming my way through the trigger so that it is forcing me to have a, as best as I can, a true to form grip on the gun, just like I would in live fire so that I can minimize muzzle movement in the gun as I'm going from target to target and shooting each target. And then I'm holding myself accountable based on where was the dot. And I will actually get done. You know, let's just say I'm going to shoot the three targets. One, two, one, two, one, two. And then I will go, okay, that one was here. You know, that was a high left alpha and a, and a you know, kind of, center right alpha this one was a close left charlie and alpha and you know that kind of thing i'll just like walk through and recite to myself i'm not not openly i'm not talking to myself but in my mind i'll go that was here 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 and that is the same like that's the best thing i can do in in dry fire to call shots without introducing other variables such as, and I got on this tangent because I started talking about tracking sites. My point is that you can still learn to track sites and even pseudo call shots in dry fire, even without some of these tools. But then if I get an airsoft pistol that has a reciprocating slide, cool. That's awesome. I don't even have to run BBs through that thing. I can just shoot it inside that in in my basement. Not shooting any projectiles with it, just filling it up with gas and just practicing manipulations, trigger presses, transitions, shot calling. Mm -hmm. And then another tool. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I I was just going to add real quick. There's actually, I think there's a a dude that came over from like Japan where they obviously they don't have actual firearms, right? But they have Mm -hmm. airsoft guns and the dude only shot airsoft like Mm -hmm. forever. And he came over and they, you know, and so naturally they're like, okay, we'll shoot a real gun because airsoft doesn't recoil as much and blah, blah, blah. And you're not going to be able to shoot. And he was able to instantly like start like shooting. Well, like, of course, at first there was a a little bit of a difference, but instantly like he started to uh, be able to manage the recoil of the, the actual firearm. Right. So it's like, there, there is some crossover, and so don't limit yourself by saying, well, the actual amount of recoil isn't the same in Airsoft, you know, or this device versus that device, an actual firearm, right? So I just want to throw that in. It was an actual, like, you know, maybe this dude was just a naturally gifted shooting guy. I don't know, but.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I, I I know the, I guess I, there was a video about it. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I've, I've, I came across that, you know, a while back. And I think that that's totally plausible um, because shooting is shooting, Mm -hmm. right? If you have an accurate enough representation of a pistol in the form of an airsoft one, right? Like those are abundant. You can get Glocks and SIGs and all kinds of, you know, different models of pistols in air, you know, true to you know they're accurate in their dimensions they may be a little bit lighter in weight like they had to have lighter slides and stuff or they wouldn't reciprocate very well um but they they're very 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 close to the real thing even the triggers can feel almost identical to the real thing and uh you get a reciprocating slide and a resetting trigger and a gun that's the same size and close to the same weight even with the with the uh, interchangeable magazines. Right, mm-hmm. and and things like that. Where, where a lot of times in these pistols, the magazine itself is what is containing the gas that's operating the, the gun, as well as the BB p- BB projectiles. Um, so totally plausible. I think. I mean, you're gonna there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve to the real thing. The recoil is mm-hmm. definitely gonna be different. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you've learned how to put the gun on target, press the trigger, and not move the gun while you're doing that then you've already got a solid base to work with in terms of fundamentals of being able to run the real thing. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk ab- about one other tool here before we get, uh, if we still have other things to talk about, and that is the cool fire trainer. And I told you I added the last minute them as a, as a listed sponsor this episode. Again, we are a cool fire trainer dealer. Uh, they're on our website, concealedcarry.com com forward slash cool fire. And, uh, uh, the Cool Fire Trainer is awesome because it uses your actual gun, but you swap out your barrel and the recoil spring assembly with the Cool Fire one. And the barrel turns into a, a miniaturized, uh, pressurized tank, CO2 tank that you then charge with a special adapter from like a paintball canister or a, a soda stream you know, CO2 canister or even these smaller ones that you can buy through Amazon and stuff. And it gives you a reciprocating slide with your real gun, your actual slide, your actual sights that are on that slide, your actual trigger, all of that. Uh, it is an awesome training tool. Kind of expensive, yes, but I'll tell you, I like my Cool Fire Trainer because now I don't have to use it every time but it's just another tool that I can re- I can go back to, to keep myself honest in my dry fire. So, and it's great for again reinforcing things like shot calling and learning how to do that better. Um, you know, because we have that reciprocating slide, so every sight picture is a little bit different. So, and yes, as Randy says here in the comments on Facebook, it sure beats having to rack the slide every shot. Yes. And again, I touched on a little bit about how you don't have to rack your slide every time between shots a little bit ago. But it's awesome when we have tools that make it work mm-hmm. and work well. Eddie talks about the barrel block. And the barrel block, uh, mine was here, but it's in my range bag now. Um, you know, it's a little device, and that it's really a safety device, right? And, and I highly recommend that when we're – and I use the barrel block in my dry fire. You know, when I'm mm-hmm. just using my live gun – I want to make it safe. Or if you live in a place and you don't feel like you have a truly safe direction, like an apartment building, multi-storied building, or something to that effect, barrel block then is exactly what you should be using in dry fire. Absolutely, without a doubt, because then you know when that thing's inserted, that that there is nothing that could be done to make that gun fire, right? Mm-hmm. Barrel block has to be removed. And so it's a great safety device in that regard. All right, we should probably move on. We have like I said other other uh suggestions about how to train during this ammo crisis. Uh what's another one, Matthew?
1: So, real quick, we'll just put out um you could use 22 long rifle ammunition. It's a little bit easier. Now, somebody's going to say, "I can't get 22 in my I, I I know it's different in every across the country, but like in general, mm-hmm. it's probably a little bit easier and a little bit more economical to shoot 22 long rifle and um a lot of you know i i know with the glocks you can get or not just glocks but many of the popular handguns you can get conversion kits and um many of the guns that uh you know glock has a has a basically a glock 19 that's 22 the taurus um that's pretty much like a like a the um what their g is it their g3 or um so i mean the, there's the tx22 the t isn't it roughly similar to no it's
0: it's actually quite a bit different okay. um, in terms of like its design and even the trigger and the profile of the gun. Uh, but what I like about the t x twenty two is that it's it's mid-sized to full size. you know like some of the, some of the twenty two like for instance, the walter p twenty two it's been around a long time. I had one of those. I didn't particularly care for it mm-hmm. um to be honest with you. Um it's it's kind of miniature sized. Um SIG had a 22 pistol, maybe still has a 22 pistol. I don't know that was kind of small-ish sized. T X22 is like you get a full grip, you know. Um you get a mid-size length slide. Um it's got an accessory rail, you know, a pick rail on it, so you can add, you know, things like a weapon mount of light, which I appreciate because then I have, you know, my, my filter floodlight holster means if I can add this light to that 22 pistol, then I can stick that gun in my holster. And sometimes it's hard finding holsters for 22 pistols. And like, if you want to replicate your training as much as possible between your, your nine millimeter, for instance, or whatever you normally carry and a 22 long rifle chambered pistol, then like, that's a little bit harder sometimes to get the same level of, of, of practice and training in um when you can't even find the same holsters sometimes for some of those guns so I, that's one of the reasons why i love the floodlight i just throw this light on the uh, tx22 and and i don't i don't think like i can go to the range literally with my nine millimeter in this in the you know my, my everyday carry pistol in my everyday carry holster get to the range pull my pistol out unload it set it on the table grab the tx22 throw this light on there And stick it in the holster, and I'm training with 22. And as you mentioned, 22 is also pretty much non-existent, but it's cheaper Mm -hmm. by far. Still, even even though the 22 ammo is also priced expensively right now, it's still cheaper than nine mil. Like many of you guys, if you're trying to find stuff online, you're paying sixty to seventy cents per round for nine millimeter. A little more than that for forty. A little more than that for forty-five, and so on and so forth at least for 22, you can get it for kind of close to what what you were paying for nine millimeter last year or the year before. So there's that at least. So if you can find it and you're like, yeah, that's expensive for 22, but it's cheap compared to everything else. Uh, Dale uh, asking about the 22 caliber Glock 44. uh, Matthew, you got some experience with that, don't you?
1: Yeah, I did a quick, I did a review on one. Um, it, it, it is exactly a Glock 19. I mean, it which is awesome. Fits, yeah. And it, the controls and everything, um, it, it, the only issue, and this is across all 22, you know, semi-autos is it, it, was specific on the type of ammunition. It will, it will, um, be, you know, run on. With. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and you know, so you have to take that in consideration, but I mean, in general, it, it's a, Glock, it, it feels like a Glock. It, it's all, everything is Glock about it. And, uh, it, it was nice. I, I have, you know, I shoot a Glock 19, uh, a lot. So I have all the holsters and all the little, um, accoutrements and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, if you have, if you shoot Glocks, especially, and you want to get a Glock 44, if you can get one, um, there's, it, it, it's probably a good, a good investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had an argument not an argument, but somebody brought up the, a point that, You know, why don't you just get a conversion kit for it? And um, that's absolutely an option. It's probably about 50 bucks less if you if you look, uh, you know, overall, but um, or maybe 100 bucks less or so, depending. Um, But with the Glock 44, you have comes with two magazines, you have a separate gun. um, So you're not, you know, flip flopping parts and pieces and things. And it's probably just going to run a little bit better and more reliably reliably than retrofitting an existing gun um in my in my experience so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's yep. just so
0: well I, I think it was a really smart choice that when glock came out with the 44 that they they kept it in the same form factor as it's probably most popular selling pistols mm-hmm. uh meaning that uh, yeah, it's the size of a Glock 19, but it's also the size of a Glock 23. It's also the size of, you know, like e- the same holster would sure. likely work for, you know, if you had a Glock 45 even, you know, because uh, the same length slide, you know, anything that's of that of that slide and barrel length, like it's probably going to be pretty compatib- compatible mm-hmm. and it's going to feel very similar and familiar to you uh regardless of the Glock you shoot even if it even if your every day is a Glock 34 well it's a 22 caliber Glock 19 sized (laughs) Glock I mean it's still going to be valuable practice for you right um all right let's move on to some other things here um here would be one suggestion I have for you guys I mean really what we're talking about I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in our notes, Matthew, as we're talking about trying to maximize our practice efficiency. Um, Because when ammo becomes tight, like it is in terms of its availability and its cost, then what becomes the most important thing relating to our training is that it's efficient. We don't want to have waste anywhere, whether it's in terms of our time or our money that we're spending to, to accomplish that training. Mm -hmm. And so, the, the like the mindset type thing that I would suggest to you that you should have going into your practice sessions right now is with making every round count. You should be like, your goal should be, I want to learn something from every single round that I fire today. Now, if that, 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 that means, and that includes, even if you're doing a six round build drill, which is a drill that's done very rapidly, right? It It is by some people's standards an inefficient use of ammunition for as much as you spend in the short amount of time that it takes to fire a build drill. But build drills do have things. I mean, there, there's a purpose to them and there's things that you can learn from them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so my point is like you can stand there and you can slow fire deliver every round to a target and say, I'm going to learn something from this round. And to make sure I really do learn something from this, I'm going to go slow. That's not what I'm saying, by the way, when I say making every round count and learning from every round. It's not, it likely means that we do things more slowly more of the time than we used to. But it doesn't necessarily mean we're doing things slowly. It just means that every round that we fire should be attached to a plan, to a, a, you know to a specific drill or or a micro drill or a specific part of a drill or whatever it is that we're trying to work on it should be like there should be a plan in place that led to us firing that round so that we can maximize the efficiency that we gain from what we learn from that from every single round that is really what I'm tr- trying to get at when I talk about maximizing our, our efficiency in practice and making and learning from every round. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, there's, you know, I've gone out shooting with people and taken, you know, and I'm not always like in instruction mode. Most of the time, if I go out shooting with people, I'm just like, Hey, let's, you know, you, you, you do, if you ask me, you know, whatever, but uh, I'm not going to sit there and, and, instruct you shoot what you want but like a lot of times they'll get out there and i can tell like people that don't normally get to the range or don't normally train specific things because you know they'll load up a mag and they'll put the target out there and then just like crank off like you know a full magazine just and they're like hey that was awesome and it's like what are you what are you working on man and they're like what do you mean just practicing it's like what are you practicing? They don't really know. Right. Like, so, and it's, it's not a knock on anybody. It's just to say that like, if you dump 15 rounds and you weren't working on something throughout those 15 rounds, if if there's a drill that requires 15 rounds, great. But, um, if you've just gone out and dumped 15 rounds into a target without a purpose behind that, Especially now you're you're not being efficient and, and you're not getting the, the the best, the most out of your time and effort. So
0: mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Part of this maximizing our efficiency in practice, uh, and I I you know, I mentioned the idea of having a plan, right? Going to the range with a plan in place. And so that kind of leads us into the next point here, which was going to the range with a predetermined round count Mm -hmm. right so one way that it's really easy for us to become inefficient or to be careless with our expenditure of rounds is by not having a you know by by just taking a, a ammo can of ammo that has you know Two thousand rounds in it, and we're, we're you know we're just like whatever, just dipping in the ammo can and filling mags, and then shooting away. It's a lot easier to become lackadaisical, or lack whatever lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. I always say it kind of funny. Um, it's it's easy to ha- take less to exercise less care when we're not being accountable for literally for each of those rounds of being mm-hmm. fired. So one way, so the strategy here is then, well, go to the range with a hundred rounds or 200 rounds or whatever it is that, that, you know, matches what you're trying to accomplish. First of all, from a training objective, but also fits within your ammunition expenditure budget, right? Like figure out, well, I've got this much. I don't know when I'm going to be able to buy ammo next. Um, And that's very much what I'm having to do right now. You know, I talked earlier on about how I'm going to a match and, you know, like, I, I, I've got so much ammo available for this year um, based on what I'm currently calculating and projecting. And so I, I, I have to be disciplined in my approach. So the other day I went to the range, ran, ran through some, some drills and stuff. And I said, I'm going to shoot no more than 200 rounds. And so that's what I took. Um, and, and I'll promise, I promise you when you go with that kind of approach, I'm taking 100 a hundred rounds of me today then you will you you will automatically if you're serious about it get more out of every round fired because you'll have that approach that that'll be your mindset well i brought is i only got 100 rounds and i've decided i'm going to shoot this 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 you know drill or these exercises or whatever or i'm going to work on this one thing you know 10 times and every time i do this it you know it's two rounds expended so that's 20 ra- like go with that plan and know what you're going to do ahead of time. Uh, you can establish a plan and that'll determine your round count. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then you only take exactly what you need. And there's no do over sometimes in the, in the, in that kind of thing. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot a 10, 10, 10. I'm going to shoot three build drills. I'm going to work on one shot draws. I'm going to do those 10 times, you know, like I can lay it all out. And if something doesn't quite go right as I'm doing that, then there's an opportunity rather than just loading up and just doing it again and expending more ammo that I didn't have, I could simply try to evaluate what occurred and why did the mistake happen. And It may, it may not mean that I can try to redo and, and correct that immediately because I don't have the ammo available to do so, but it's the lessons that are learned that's key. And we want to carry that forward to our home dry fire practice, to our next session at the range. And John, you are so getting ahead of me here, buddy. (laughs) He just mentioned here, maybe mix dry fire in with drills to spend twice the time perfecting. And and so I was going to actually mention this, Matthew. It wasn't in our outline, but um, this is another strategy at the range. And that is to actually do dry fire and live fire at the range. Mm Mm-hmm. So you go with a hundred rounds or 50 rounds, even a box of ammo. And let's just say, let's say that for a part of that, I'm going to do 10 one shot draws. I'm just, you know, where I'm just focused on, you know, drawing and firing one shot. Maybe I dry fire that two times for every one shot I fire. And I just got immediate Practice along with the live fire, you know, dry fire practice along with the live fire practice. It's all reinforcing itself. And I got twice as much dry fire as I did to the live fire. So I'm expanding or extending the time that I am at the range, that I'm in that mindset, in that mode, practicing. And I'm limiting the number of rounds that are being fired. And really, and then we know too, it's like, okay, two dry fire. And I, I did this yesterday at the range. It's funny that John mentioned this. I was doing a, uh, I was working on a couple of drills. And I did those several times dry at one point because because of this very reason. I'm like, I, I know I could stand here and do this 10 times, but let me, why don't I just do this five times dry? All right, now let's do it for real. When I did it for real, then it was a lot more meaningful. And I, I was all about making that one run count versus doing it once and be like, oh, I didn't like that. Let's just do it again. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many times you run a build drill and, you know, um, you, you know, you, you shoot well, but, you know, you, you know, you can do better. And then so you run it again. You're like, ah, you know, that time it wasn't that I just had a kind of a jacked up grip. And so you shoot it again, right? Like instead of stopping and saying, OK, let me I, I, it's my draw. Like I, I got to work on my draw first. Like instead of just running build drill after build drill, hoping that I get better. Why don't I figure out what was the problem and, and kind of just like dry fire that? You know, and and I think that that's a huge, huge plus. I mean, it, and it's it kind of goes also into, um, uh, like you know, project or you know, kind of walking through it uh, in your mind first. Like I know, you know, um, to kind of go through a stage of fire before in your mind before helps you perform a little better. And so I think it's kind of the same thing. It gets you more in that mindset where y- you are focused and you are being you know, uh, deliberate in what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm going to address another question that came up here before we get to our last, uh, segment of the episode here. And that was from Scott here. He's saying, you know, he's having trouble getting sights back on target when shooting faster. So he's talking about recoil control or management as I like to call it. Um, and he's, he says, plus, wow, do you burn through ammo fast? Suggestions on how to be efficient with ammo as I get this down. As, so as he's working on recoil management, on learning that, um, how can he be more efficient with mm-hmm. his ammo use in learning what is honestly something that traditionally takes ammo to learn? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I, I did an initially reply here in the comments, but I just thought I would uh, address this uh, vocally as well, that learning recoil management and sight tracking Okay, which is the other component here uh, is the most difficult thing to do without expending ammo. Like that is the thing that like is just hard to get around. Um, Now, in in your situation, Scott, it might make a lot of sense for you to get a cool fire trainer or get an airsoft pistol that replicates your own live pistol um, or something to that effect because then you can get some dry fire that sort of reinforces the thing that you're really trying to work on. But here'd be my other suggestions. Um, What I've done, you know, I'm a huge fan of the build drill because build drill for me is, I mean, the big, the big chunk of uh, the the big thing about the build drill is it's a recoil management drill. Okay. It's also a sight tracking drill. And that's how I use it primarily now is I I will shoot a couple of build drills, a lot of range sessions because I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to achieve in that moment is to track that site every shot, every six for all six of those shots. I want to be tracking, you know, and, and I know very quickly with myself, whether I am tracking well or not. Okay. And some of you may be hearing site tracking and it may be kind of a, it may not quite click or make sense to you. Um, and we don't have time to get into that today. And, and, and honestly, you should like, take a class or something <laughs> uh, from an instructor that can teach you this. Uh, but um, uh, you can, I think you can still get a lot of value and can learn a lot of the same lessons by doing things like cutting a bill drill in half, do three rounds or something or four rounds, um, or even doing doubles drills like Ben Stager's double drills. Um, you can, you can research that or pick up one of Ben Stager's book books where he talks about uh, his doubles drill. And 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 one of the big, like the emphasized thing, in doing something like a doubles drill. Yes, it's only two shots, but for those two shots, we want to be reading as much visual information as we can about the sights for for those two shots. Um, and it it takes some time and some some learning and getting used to it and understanding what's going on there and how to utilize that information for yourself. But reading Ben Staker's book books will probably really help you understand how to do that a little bit better, but um, doing something as simple as a doubles drill, you're cutting your ammo expenditure in, in one-third from a uh, traditional build drill, but you can still get a lot of the benefit. A lot of it. Not 100% of it. Maybe it's 90% of the benefit or 85% of the benefit, but you can still get a lot of the benefit if you're doing it correctly and you're actually tracking or reading your sights. Okay? By that, I mean, most people tend to see sight on target and then they think, okay, make, make, make gun go bang. And they're not really Matthew and I were talking about this earlier today about they're kind of going from flash to flash is a term that Rob Latham used to describe it. So like sights here, I see my sights but then the gun goes bang and I don't really see a whole lot else until I see my sights on target again or I see them somewhere close to target. Um, my goal and your goal should be is to try to see all that. See the gun cycle See the site cycle, see the sites lift, see them return, see as much of that visual information as you can. To it like if, if you could do that, then you'll start actually learning from what the sites like the sites are telling you a story. And you're gonna learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. So um, all right, we need to get to our final uh, segment here, Matthew. We we had a section here titled low round count drills. So why don't you take it away and throw out some of your favorite low round count drills?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to throw out a couple things that you guys can think of. And Riley, you com- you commented um, on a lot of this already, but you can take drills that like a bill drill and cut it in half, and instead of shooting six rounds, you shoot three. Right? Like you could definitely do that. Um, you can take. Um, you know, we had mentioned, um, uh, the test, which is 10, 10 and 10, you could shoot five, five and five, so you can cut drills in half, um, and, and, still get a lot of the benefit that you're, you're, getting from the drill. Plus you're running it double. And if you're dry firing it in there, you might be running this three times using, um, the same amount of ammunition that you would, right? So that's one method. Um, you can do something like, um, instead of doing your one reload two, you do one reload one, or you even could cut it down and say, I'm going to start with a, with an empty gun. I'm going to, you know, draw, present, uh, take a, take a dry fire shot, right. Um, then go into, well, you wouldn't be able to do a dry fire shot, but, um, you know, you could, you could draw, um, present the gun, um, do your magazine change and uh, and shoot another round. So you could kind of do that, right? Um, you could work on drills that are specifically low round count drills naturally or, or inherently like uh, the Jack Wilson drill um, with, that you kind of coined that phrase, I think. But, um, you know, you, you, it's a, it's a, a, at a distance and you're trying to target a head um, size target, right? And you're trying to do that um, under time and from, from concealment. Um, you could do draw to first shot that only requires one shot and you can work on, um, you know, like I mentioned with the, with the bill drill, part of the bill drill is the draw. And so if the draw is what's screwing you up and not the whole recoil management part of it, it's more of the draw or the initial grip of the gun, you know, establishing the grip initially. Well, it doesn't, it's not going to do you good to, to run more build drills. May, what's really going to help is just draw the first shot and get that part down and then add in the other piece. So I think there's different ways that you could address it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate uh, all your input on that. And and those are all great low round count drills. And there's there's many more, honestly. Uh, in fact, it's sort of my own belief that a, 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 a valuable or useful drill really shouldn't be that many rounds to begin with anyway, because drills that are very high round count make it easier to um, lose sight of like the objective of what that drill is trying to teach you sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not true of all drills, but it's just something to think about. Um, I like drills that isolate certain skills. This is kind of borrowing some terminology, at least the approach from Matt Little uh, that when we're learning and developing as shooters, we want to, um, isolate certain skills like a re- like the reloads is a great example matthew you talked about you know one reload one was a traditional way of doing it or something like a four aces drill which is two reload two um we can you know one of the reasons why one reload one is beneficial is because it halves the round count of a of an of a four aces drill, of a two reload two, But we can go even further than that. As you touched on, we can start with an empty gun, slide lock back. We want to practice, you know, uh, well, that's, it. We, that's kind of how we'd have to do it. Hmm. But um, um, well, not necessarily. We, we could do speed reloads even with, you could have a round chambered in the gun, but no magazine in the gun or an empty magazine in the gun. And then you could just simply practice that magazine exchange and then firing a shot up on target. But for me, I've done this actually where I've started with an empty gun, a zero, a zero reload. One, slide lock back to the rear, and then I'm just practicing reloads with slide lock back. Right, meaning that I got to get, I got to charge the gun. I got to get the slide forward again. Start with the gun empty, up on target. See a sight picture. Press trigger. You know, simulate that. Press trigger. Reload. Fire your fire your 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 shot. Um, any of that is, I think, helpful and useful uh, for. Getting valuable practice in with low round counts involved. I'd also say this would kind of be the last thing I'd touch on. Um, would be that your approach of of how you go to the range um, can be part of like how do I say this? For instance, maybe I go to the range and my entire range session, other than maybe say a warm up or something, maybe I maybe I go with a box of ammo. And I choose to shoot a like a drill or a test or something um, that, well, for instance, the FBI qualification, right? Which is fifty rounds. the new the new qualification, fifty rounds. But that qualification course is made up of a bunch of subcomponents, right? And so we could just simply approach it is that this FBI qualification course of fire, is going to be my range session today. And then you're going to approach each of the different uh, stages or, or strings of fire within that. So for instance, you start at three yards, you draw and you fire three rounds with your strong hand only. And then you switch hands to your support hand only and you fire three more rounds and you got a a par time of six seconds. Okay. That's the first string of fire in the FBI, in the new FBI qualification course of fire. So like, all right, that's my first thing. That's my first drill today. Um, that's what I'm going to do. All right, draw right hand, three shots because I'm right-handed. Switch hands, left hand, three shots, six second part-time. All right, what's the next thing? And you just work your way on down through the rest of the, of the qualification. Um, and that could be your your whole practice session for that that day at the range. Now, keep in mind that the way I think of drills is that drills are a testing and a validation tool for all the other stuff we're doing in practice, especially the stuff I'm doing in dry fire practice, right? Drills aren't the end goal, right? We shouldn't be practicing to get good at shooting drills. We should be practicing skill sets, but the the drills themselves are used as a as a verification and a validation tool to suggest that what I'm doing in practice, especially your dry fire practice, is working. Hmm. Right. So the way I would approach an FBI qual is yeah, it's it the qualification itself is might be viewed as practice, but I'm really verifying that all the different pieces of that, you know, that, that are found in that qualification, that my performance is either good or it's not. And if you can pass the FBI qual, your performance is pretty good. It's not a wickedly difficult qualification, but it's a, it's a respectable one, right? Used by a, a federal law enforcement agency. So anyway, just, uh, I guess that'd be my final thoughts is, is, I mean, if we're wrapping this up, go to the range of the plan, have a specified round count ahead of time that matches that plan. Um, make every round count, try to learn something from everything from every round fired and make sure that your approach, that your mindset is that, you know, reflects that, that I only have so many rounds. I got to make them count. Let's try to get every piece of learning information from that experience possible visually, uh, 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 kinesthetically. Okay. Um, all of that right like meaning that I'm taking in all the visual information that I can that I'm paying it like you really kind of need this is getting a little bit like sort of like zen you know like in its approach but 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 this is valuable like getting in tune with kind of yourself as a shooter and and paying attention to the entire experience is going to help you appreciate it more and therefore learn from it more
1: right on man I know people want to uh, to get out to the range, and but also I'm going to go out there and say that I think they want us to give away the prize that we're giving away because it's a pretty good prize.
0: <laughs> yep. Here we are at the end, and it's time for our weekly giveaway. <laughs> uh, so, guys, every week on, uh, on concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize, you have the opportunity to sign up for our weekly giveaway. This week, we are giving away a set of Roger 22 electronic hearing protection. All right. Uh, from Ready Up Gear. Uh, this is my current hearing protection of choice. Uh, they're awesome. All right. They work great. And what value of about $50 ish for those? I think somewhere around mm-hmm. that. I think they're $49.99. Um, pretty good prize. Great. Hearing protection for a very reasonable price. Even if you're just interested in getting a set of Roger 22s, I I recommend it. But one lucky dude is, and it is a dude. <laughs> sorry to mm-hmm. tell, uh, one lucky person is the winner of this week's prize: the Roger 22 electronic hear uh, hearing protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, drum roll, Matthew. Who is it?
1: Congratulations, David. David, you have won. I will email you. Make sure, as always, you check your... If your name is David and you entered, make sure to check your spam because sometimes Google David hates me. S. Or whatever. Last David S. Last name is S. Yep, uh, David S.
0: As in David Smith, but it's not David Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and next week, we are going to give away what?
1: We're going to give away a pack of 9 millimeter dummy rounds. Uh, I think it's appropriate given the topic that we talked about so um yeah pack a nine millimeter i think there's five in the pack is that correct Yep,
0: it's a five pack Mm -hmm. so there you go yeah
1: make sure you Um, enter
0: yeah i'm a huge fan of these uh throom brand and, and we're pretty much like their biggest distributor of these nationwide um this is the older style these are the orange uh tipped ones uh the current ones are like a neon green color that actually has to do with the fact that that and I think it's COVID related, they actually can't get the dyes or whatever necessary to make these orange ones right now. So the current ones you'll see, um, even if you look in the website, you'll see the product images are, are orange tipped, but they're actually neon green. Hopefully it doesn't matter to anybody. The point is they should be a bright, easily identifiable uh, color signifying that they're dummy training rounds. And that's what they are. So Awesome. Next week, we'll give away a five pack of those Th- Throom brand dummy rounds, nine millimeter. Uh, sorry, just the nine millimeter uh, ones available. Um, but uh, yeah, go sign up, com forward slash podcast prize. Shout out to our sponsors today. Uh, sign up for the Guardian Conference, guardianconference.com, presented by CCW Safe, which conveniently is our second sponsor today. Uh, CCW Safe, our, our choice for self defense coverage. Uh, ccwsafe.com use the coupon code CC podcast to save 10% guardian nation members, by the way, save more if you're a guardian nation member. And finally the cool fire trainer system. Uh, we are dealers for them and go check them out. com forward slash cool fire short link to get you to that on our site. So with that, it's time to let you go. Matthew, thank you for another great episode.
1: Thank you, sir. Really like, Good, good, co- good conversation.
0: I think so. Hopefully there was some some information here today is helpful for all of you out there struggling to find ammunition. So with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.